1: can't go Hi, folks. I am Alan at and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 24th of February 2010. For newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Scroll down on the front page and bookmark all the other sites I have up there. Those are the official sites. And you'll, in future, if the big ones go down, you can always get latest shows from these alternate sites. And I always name them off at the start to let you know which ones are the official sites. It's cutting through the matrix uh, there's also cutting through There's Alan Watt cutting through the and Alan Watt Sentinel dot The last one is a European site, has all the same audios for download, but it's got the addition of transcripts of a lot of these talks I've given, and you can choose from the various languages of Europe, download them, print them up, and pass them around to your friends. And as always, too, I I don't uh, plug myself all through the show, which I I really should do, I suppose, but uh, I start off by asking the people, the audience, to support me, because I don't ask for supports from the advertisers, the advertisers who generally pay the hosts directly for introducing their products and so on, and some of the, the heads of the companies for, as guests. Uh, this way I, I sort of keep clear of politics and etc. And the ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers straight to RBN for the airtime and for their board ops and their staff and their bills and for transmitting this broadcast. So it's up to you, the listeners, to keep me going. You can do so by looking into cutting through the buying the books, discs, and so on they have for sale. And from the U.S., remember, you can still use personal checks to Canada. The U.S., you can also use international postal money orders from your post office. Stress International. Don't come away with the purely green one. That's internal only. Uh, you can use MoneyGram, Western Union, or Cash. Uh, You can donate through PayPal, or you can also donate and send a separate email to me for an order via PayPal, and the order will get to you. Outside the Americas, same deal, MoneyGram, Western Union, Cash, or PayPal. As I say, you can also pay for an order through PayPal, just send a separate email along with the PayPal donation, and that will get to me. For those that just get the disc burned at the shows and be passed to, around to play their, on their CD players at home, they don't like using computers, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, site 41, box 4, Esther, Ontario, Canada. P as in Peter 3, E as in Elizabeth 4, N as in Nora 1, P3E 4N1. And anyone who's writing to me, make sure you get the postal code right, that's all important regardless of the address, generally they know exactly where you are, P3E4N1, and one letter off and uh, they just can't figure out for the life of them uh, what to do about it. Uh, That's the great uh, advances we've made in technology today where no one can think for themselves. I've talked so much about uh, this whole new system we're coming into. We're actually in it, well into it in fact, a system devised a long time ago, which used the dialectical process of left, right, and enemies to bring in a world system. I mentioned so many times, I've lost count of Carl Quigley, Professor Carl Quigley, who talked about those behind the big plan to bring in a world system, a controlled society, planned society, a reduced population to serve the future scientific society, and he called it the Royal Institute for International Affairs-Council on Foreign Relations. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just mentioning how Professor Carl Quigley in his own two books, Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment, laid out the big plan for the world and even trading blocks and mentioned the groups that worked incessantly from the end of the 1800s, in fact, through different names till they amalgamated into the Royal Institute for International Affairs-Council on Foreign Relations and how they'd been behind all of the major wars and the little wars, too, uh, since again the late 1800s, all to achieve a goal of a planned society. This ties right in with Mr. Rockefeller's statements, where he said that he much preferred a world run by intellectuals and bankers to that run by basically auto uh, self determination by nations themselves. And that's really what they decided back in the 1800s, in fact. Same thing. Uh, A planned society, as I've said, depopulation. This was all the rage back then into the early 1900s. And H.G. Wells, who was a propagandist for them via the Fabian Society and eventually the Royal Institute for International Affairs, wrote about this planned society. Um, He wrote about it in his non-fiction works as well as his fictional works. And people should read his non-fiction. He's far more blatant about his eugenical uh, racism, you might call it, because it's a class racism in a sense of what he believed was superior types versus inferior types. This was reiterated in the book by Charles Galton Darwin in the 1950s, a descendant of Charles Darwin. Uh, He was a physicist, this this man, and he said in the next million years that they'd have to really eliminate the masses of uh, useless eaters, basically, Otherwise, it would outbreed uh, the superior types who must go on into the brave new world future that was planned. And uh, this is still going on today. It's the same agenda, really, as the world emerges from what they thought was a cold war of right-wing, left-wing, uh, into the amalgamation, or really, of the two. And we find the United Nations has taken on the role completely that the old Soviet Union uh, used to do. Everything that the United Nations does is purely political in its agenda, purely political. And they have massive umbrella groups of non-governmental organizations, same thing as the old Soviet system, uh, which was uh, ruled by council, that's what Soviet meant, unelected councils, all these NGOs, all funded by the big foundations, which are again funded by the, the biggest industrials on the planet and the international banking system. In fact, those who initially funded the Cecil Rhodes Foundation, then the Lord Milner Group, and in fact all those comprising the Lord Milner Group that became the Royal Institute for International Affairs were all top world bankers. So that's the group that Rockefeller was referring to when he said that better intelligentsia and bankers rule the world than leave nations to their auto self-determination. And during the Rees Commission, I've mentioned it many times. Senator Norman Dodd uh, went round the big foundations to ask them, on behalf of Congress, as to why they were funding what appeared to be communist front groups. And he was told, blatantly, and you can find this in a book called "Foundations: Their Power and Influence." Uh, he was told that their job was to alter so drastically and radically uh, the culture and the systems of the Western world that they would eventually blend seamlessly with that of the Soviet Union. In other words, it was known all that time ago, back in the 50s, that the two systems would come together into a synthesis, and that's exactly what has happened. And the communist system was very important to bring that about because you would to understand how they took down societies in the West through many left-wing groups, not really to bring groups to the top for power. If they got power at all, it was transient. It was to destroy the old system and destroy the idealism of patriotism to a country and the things that you were taught that it stood for. And then it brought in a whole bunch of fake uh, beliefs uh, to do with equality of all kinds. And they were not talking about uh, the, the quality of different peoples. They were talking about putting everybody down to the same basic level under the same system of the Soviet Union. There were no special rights groups within the social uh, uh, union, the Soviet Union, although they were used in the West by them. But one thing that's never mentioned too is that psychiatry shot to the top uh, as the Soviet Union was getting to the top and gaining power. It was also uh, a major thing or or, or power behind the Nazi belief. It was also a major organization in the Fabian society because, you see, psychiatry was founded on the basis uh, of uh, people being uh, born with hereditary complexes. Uh, They had various names for it, but they all thought that everything that happened in life was hereditary. Intelligence, behavior, all mental illnesses, as they claimed it, uh, criminology All these things were hereditary And they really started off as a mixture of genetics um, In their belief system Hereditary diseases And they also believed that the only way to eliminate the unfit As he called them Was to literally do just that Eliminate them completely There was a very good movie put out Or documentary put out By of all people That was a Scientologist who did it uh, Because they were in sort of competition with psychiatry but um, it's, it's one of the best exposés of the psychiatric beginnings, and you'll see the top people in psychiatry in Britain and Germany and elsewhere uh, talking about racial hygiene, uh, racial purity, and all that kind of stuff. And they have clips from the organizations uh, within the Nazi system, even showing you clips they children's in school. But it also shows you the farce of psychiatry as they try to validate them, themselves as an actual science. Which is quite uh, funny at times. But psychiatry, as I say, is um, is based on the idea uh, that mental illnesses can be not cured, they will, and that they can't cure them. They, they will say that they treat them. In reality, uh, psychiatry is a hit and miss thing. It's a whole bunch of theories, none of which can actually be proven. Uh, they've jumped at so many different things. Oh, it's uh, chemical imbalances, which is a theory uh, uh, only among some of them. Other ones think it's genetic, and it goes on and on and on forever, and you never get to the bottom of anything. But um, there's an article to do with uh, psychiatry in the Mail Online. It's the 15th of February, 2010. Psychiatrists want to call being angry a mental illness. How utterly mad. But getting back to what I'm saying, too, in the Nazi era, you'd be surprised that the, almost the whole psychiatric profession was, was became Nazis. They believed in it. They believed in superior types. And this, is, this article is to tie in how they're gaining power right now, and they have been for a long time in doing the same thing across the Western countries. So psychiatrists want to call being angry at mental illness. How utterly mad. 15th of February, 2010. It says, do you live surrounded by clutter, ancient copies of magazines, your children's old toys, articles you've clipped out of newspapers over the years? If you find it hard to throw out things of limited or no value, you could be suffering from hoarding disorder. Now, they have their own book. It's called um, uh, The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And they add to it every year so many new disorders that there's hardly anything that's left of human behavior that's not in there. And they want the right to treat everybody through themselves and the social services. It says hoarding is just one of the new mental conditions being added to the psychiatrist's Bible or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders to give it its proper name. Other new conditions identified as possibly needing professional help include binge eating which is said to affect many people who are seriously obese, and cognitive tempo disorder, which seems very like laziness. Symptoms include dreaminess and sluggishness. There's also intermittent explosive disorder, which involves occasionally becoming very angry suddenly. I guess most of the police have that when they start beating people up on the roads. And don't know they're being uh, photographed. Most bizarre of the proposed additions is one defined as getting a thrill at. Listen to this one, because you see, think about what I'm saying here. Most bizarre of the proposed additions is one defined as getting a thrill at being outraged by pornography. You see, see how they've changed everything upside down. Everything that held society together is now under complete attack as abnormal. And this has been done under the guise of a profession, as a profession with a political and power purpose. Quite quite something, really. Um, it was also described as the White House syndrome after the campaigner Mary Whitehouse, who objected to sexual consent on television. The DSM is a large book that lists all psychiatric disorders and describes their symptoms. If a condition is in there, it means it's considered a mental illness. They even have restless leg syndrome. You know how you sit there as children? I've done it. I sometimes do it, yeah. And one leg starts to go as you rest on the on the ball of your foot, and you start to shake it. It feels actually pretty good. You're getting rid of energy, especially if you're sitting for a while. But that's now a mental illness. But some of the new entries are controversial, not least because of fears. They will result in many more people being put on drugs. That's exactly what they want to do. That could be ineffective or dangerous. The DSM is produced by the American Psychiatric Association and is hugely influential worldwide. I should mention again that's a, that psychiatric um, uh, documentary put out by Scientology, Even though, as I say, Scientology wants to get in the business of taking over with alternate medicines or treatments, uh, the so-called mental illness area, they did an excellent uh, job on showing you the power structures within psychiatry and showed you how they tried to define even attention deficit disorder and couldn't at their own meetings. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the Matrix. And before I go on with this article, Industry of Death was the Scientology expose of the psychiatric industry. It gives the history of it, too. It's quite fascinating, disgusting at the same time, uh, as the this, this so-called science uh, pretty well had uh, techniques for curing people going back to the 1800s through the early 1900s, including trying to drown them. That was uh, considered a science at one time. But now they've got big pharma behind them and just heavily sedate people. Very good expose. And also, before I go on, too, I'll mention there's a, a site called psych, uh, rights, psychrights.org. I'll put that up, all these things on my site at the end of the show. And you can look them up for yourself and psych rights goes through a lot of the abuses of the psychiatric and pharma industry. Uh, it's a lot of uh, compiled data there on the reality behind it all and the drugs they use and the business that they run. So uh, it's well worth looking into. Getting back to this article here from the Mail Online, it says, but not everybody is so relaxed about including new disorders. In fact, every time the DSM gets updated, there's a big row about what should be added and what shouldn't. This time is no exception There have been three versions of the DSM Since the first in 1952 And with each edition It's grown fatter DSM 4 is seven times larger than the original Last week a draft of DSM 5 Jubilee published in 2013 Was put on the web And it's already proving contentious By the way, most of them who sit on the board Who decide what's now an illness All are getting paid directly In fact, all of them in fact, Are getting paid directly by the big pharma industries, they, take, they get salaries from them, and they go under the guise of being a science. But remember too the power that governments can put to use of this particular science over the public, which is happening. Remember too that Huxley, Julian Huxley, and Aldo Huxley, two talks about uh, the future, and they certainly would be drugging the populations to make them more compliant, along with massive indoctrination through various media and entertainment. Well, that's happened as well. We're here. We're there, actually. And I remember, too, uh, years ago, getting a, a lecture from a top psychiatrist who, in front of the class, started cursing and swearing and using it. It was all sexual terminology, too and everybody was shocked he just came out with this tirade and um, and then he, he pointed to so many in the class who had blushed and he says you people are all inhibited he said that's why you blushed he says no word, no action should make you embarrassed that's the philosophy that these creeps and, and weirdos and yes deviants are preaching throughout society that's the norm today Deviancy, and I was talking about that yesterday too. This is a sort of continuation from yesterday's talks, because you see how far does it all go? Well, the sky's the limits uh, when uh, nothing's taboo. It's interesting too when you listen to some of the articles or documentaries put out by the ex-KGB spies who defected, like Bresmanov and different people. And I've got the links up on my website from from that particular man who went through the stages of how he destabilized the West, partly through um, the, the destruction of idealism of your culture. And then you go into, that includes all the things that hold your culture together, like man, woman, family, all that kind of stuff. And eventually you have conflict within personalities and groups. Uh, that's a weaponization of conflict between peoples, and they used all the different um, factions and groups and the extreme feminist rights and all that to, to encourage all this stuff to come to uh, the top and destroy all that was. That's happened as well. And at the same time, just like that psychiatrist said many years ago, um, nothing is taboo. And, they, of course, Huxley himself, Julian Huxley, said they would encourage pre-pubertal sex so that the children would never mate with a partner for life, and that way they would not produce offspring. However, he said contraception would be available, and so would abortion, so they could basically have far more uh, sexual activity uh, than before. Uh, as long as they didn't have offspring, that was okay. Plus, they wouldn't bond, which meant they would never stand up against uh, the tyranny of governments or unfairness of any kind. You don't do that when you're on your own. That's what George Orwell showed you in 1984. When you're just a number, you have no friends, you have no partner, you have no family to fight for, you you just cower when Big Brother uh, turns his eyes on you. Here's an article here from the Globe and Mail, and that's from Canada. And it's about uh, teachers are doing lap dances now for children, distant uh, schools, if you want to know. Uh, this one here, I don't know the date on it, but I'll put this up on my site. too. it says uh, it's actually got a video of what these uh, two teachers performed uh, for the children, because when the children had a well, the children had a, a cell phone there, and he he filmed them doing this. It's February 23rd, 2010. Now, if you're really uh, kinky, you could actually watch the video. I haven't because I'm not that desperate, and I can't get the speed anyway to, uh, because I'm exploring it to watch anything uh, movie-wise. That's why I appreciate when everybody has got videos to send me and so on, do so. Send me videos. I cannot just uh, get the links and look at things because I'm cut back and cut back and getting penalized by deliberation and for political reasons, obviously. It says the children are calling it two teachers, one chair, and it has all the makings of a YouTube hit. But school administrators and parents are hard-pressed to find humor in a graphic lap dance caught on video between two teachers. And here's what it's at, at a spirit rally. Spirit rally, isn't that wonderful, this new religion and all that, we're all one stuff, at Churchill High School in Winnipeg last week. The two teachers, one of them was identified by students as the physical education instructor, Christy flitchner Uh, had been sent home without pay after the spirit dance before 100 students as young as 13 years old. The identity of the male teacher could not be confirmed.
0: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
1: I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading an article of just how far it's really going, maybe even further than we know. This is only something that broke into the news media. A lot of stuff is covered up too because powers that be within school systems defend themselves before they'll tell the truth like every other organization. And it says here, the two teachers, one of whom was identified by students as phys ed instructor Christy Fletchner Having sent home without pay after the spirit dance, spirit dance they're calling it, that must be scotch and vodka or something, before 100 students as young as 13 years old, the identity of the male teacher could not be confirmed. Now they'll know who, exactly who it is, but you must be better connected. Efforts to reach Miss Flitcher, Flitchner Tuesday night were unsuccessful. The whole routine has since been dis- distributed on the internet thanks to the footage captured on a student's cell phone camera. The Winnipeg School Division is investigating. You better believe there's a lot of uh, covering up going on there, because this won't be the first time. 14-year-old Sega Vincent was filming the teacher dance-off at the gym riot spirit assembly last Wednesday for grade 9 to 12 students at the Winnipeg High School. The routine began with the female teacher sporting pigtails, seated on a chair, her legs spread, hips gyrating, Bumping beats played in the background, and the male teacher approached between her legs, his hips swiveling to the beats. Pachuri would love this. It's like something that he would write, you know, the guy in the head of the IPCC it writes the porno novels and wants to, us to take him seriously. Back to the article. Less than five seconds into the routine, the grade nine student and her friends went from giggling to staring at their sometimes very strict instructors in disbelief. At first we were laughing, and then it was like, oh, that's a little too far. Children know that, before they start getting into the porno stuff that's blasted at them and start copying it. But I went even further. The female teacher threw her head back and thrust one leg out. As the male teacher continued to dance over her, there was butt slapping and further gyration. Then the man dipped his head down between her legs and simulated oral sex. That's what your children are getting in school now. And it's not just happening there, I'll bet you anything at all. Quite something, isn't it? But then again, that doesn't shock me at all. I saw this coming years ago, because I I understand the agenda since I've studied it. Now, part of the agenda, too, was to take down societies by economic warfare. Part of it was to do mass immigration to already overburdened countries, and bring down their system of care for themselves that they'd paid into. And in countries like Britain, most of the council, the housing over there really was, was council housing uh, paid for through the taxes of the public uh, into building houses for themselves, which they then rented generation after generation. And you go on a list there when you get married, at least you used to go to get married, you go on a list And uh, you'd wait maybe four or five years, maybe longer, before you could eventually get into one of these houses. But the the EU that's now the super parliament tells each country what to do, who to bring in, and who to give houses to. This is to further aggravate the tension, the building of tension between peoples, and and further uh, destroy um, any idealism you have to do with your country, yet you feel apathetic. It's a very important thing to destroy nations, is apathy. Remember Huxley said that himself, and so did Bertrand Russell, a big uh, player in the designing of this system. Apathy it was essential to the system. This article here is mail Online again. Somali, mother of four, has no right to live here. She's illegally alien. But we have the right to give her a council house. 24th of February. Standing proudly with her arm draped over a 36-inch television, this is a Somali woman who must be given a council house, even though she has no right to live in Britain. Uh, Nimco Hassan Ibrahim, who lives with her four children on benefit handouts as welfare, was granted the right to the home by the Economic Union judges, not the British judges, by the EU judges in Brussels yesterday because she was once married to a Danish citizen who briefly worked in Britain. <laughs> The landmark judgment means the 34-year-old migrant and her children will soon be packing up their impressive collection of furniture and electrical equipment when they are given a new house. Although Ms. Ibram claims her income support payments were suspended during the legal action, she has somehow bought a PlayStation 3 games console, a computer, and a high-quality speaker system. Equal impressive is an enormous sofa from which she watches TV every night, Lying on the floor in her lounge are some of the latest film releases, including a pirate DVD, copy of the sci-fi movie Avatar. And although she lives in a temporary accommodation in Harrow, Middlesex, funded by the local council, that's a taxpayer, she has managed to install a high-speed internet connection. That's better than I'm getting, and I'm paying high-speed too for it, although I'm getting twice the speed of dial-up. Thanks to Explornet. Don't never use it, please. Explornet. Speaking to the Daily Mail last night, Mrs. Ibram said, I deserve to be given a proper house. This one is too small for all of us. See, that's how they are when they walk. They have been taught abroad that that's what you, you go there for. It's for, uh, you've got all these rights, you see, and you deserve it. Uh, they've got to give you something. I know my rights. Yeah, And she's an illegal alien, right? I don't think it's fair that the councils put us up in temporary accommodation. It's not right that they have us for years. All these threats of eviction have made me feel very ill. The law says that I can get a better house, so I am looking forward to a better life. So there you go. That's, that's part of what I'm talking about. This is just one of many as they flood the countries and destroy all that was. Remember that Mr. Blair himself, and I read the article on the air from the mainstream uh, newspaper article, where he had sold his next in command that they would open the floodgates to immigration to an already flooded Britain that was sinking. It could even cope with the healthcare going down the tubes, too many people flooding in. And he said the reason was to destroy the culture off the face of Europe forever of that of the British culture and people. A war has been going on and most folk are utterly oblivious of it. They just live through it and accept everything. And it's only one instance of thousands and thousands and thousands. As a country could never pay itself out of the debt it already owes, who benefits? The boys who dreamed it up were all an issue for international affairs, remember? A Milner group that was comprised of the bankers, the international bankers, who want to control it because it's better, as Mr. Rockefeller said, that the intelligentsia and bankers rule the world and plan the world, than leave it up to nations and their self autodetermination that's, that's what it's all about, folks. As we go down the tubes into this dehumanized system, we, we always hear about the Philippines and, and the, the poorer countries where the people are conned into giving up a kidney or whatever for cash rewards and end up spending what's, what they're given, the pittance they're given for the cash reward uh, f- to give kidneys to wealthy people generally in the States and Canada. Um, they end up spending the rest on treating themselves for the fallouts with antibiotics and so on. Of the, the the pretty fast, uh, rather disgusting operations that are given. So we're used to the poor being exploited. That's that's we get used to it. In fact, we become immune to, inured to it. We, we become immune to it after many years of hearing the same kind of stuff. But it's happening too in the so called so called civilized countries as well. February twenty second two thousand and ten, cash incentives are offered for transplant organs. And this is from the Sunday Herald Sun, 21st of February, 2010. That's from Australia. Australian hospitals could be paid to harvest the organs of dead patients under a $17 million federal program. Now, remember, they say dead patients, but they, they, they can classify, they prefer to classify you clinically dead. As, that means brain dead. That's what they're after, because they prefer to take you in to the patient that's going to be the recipient while your heart is still beating. Then you've got a really fresh organ going straight in to the patient. So be, remember, be careful about the wording. And it says, um, Australia's hospitals are being paid to harvest transplant organs from dead patients. A controversial new activity based funding. I love the terminology, all from Madison Avenue. Activity based funding program administered by the Federal Organ and Tissue authorities telling hospitals they can receive up to $11,400. For each patient who becomes a donor, the, the Sunday Herald Sun reports. It makes you wonder, you see, it already happens in Canada. A you in Ontario, I should say, uh, they signed a law that anyone entering uh, an Ontario hospital, if they died there, uh, potentially is a donor. And they fly in teams to try and hit uh, their grieving relatives to have them sign the person, the person who's maybe in a coma or whatever to give up their, their organs. They hit them when they're utterly vulnerable. Flying teams, they call them. The funding is aimed at securing consent from grieving families and encouraging hospitals to keep alive critically ill patients who would normally not be revived. Additional funding provided over the payment for donors identified in the ICU recognizes the need for the organ donation team to establish a rapport with a potential donor's family and facilitate family consent, the programme's information notes say. That's exactly what Canada has already been doing for, I think, two years now. Now, when you get admitted to a hospital now, you got to understand these surgeons get paid big bucks for this. And when they look at you and your status in society, and they think of the, the, the benefit to themselves, which is straightforward, included in their salary paycheck, or the cash they could get from allowing you to die and harvesting your organs... What do you think you might go with? Do you think there really, truly are this TV image of scrupulous people that are somehow angelic and always do the right thing? Do you really still believe that nonsense? Do you really still believe that? I wonder. I wonder. Do you still believe that doctors are above it all? Doctors are pure and clean all the time, all the way back to the first propaganda. There's Dr. Kildare and Marcus Welby, M.D., and all the dramas and fiction that put on television about them to raise them up into a, a, a high profession where we, we bow down and do what we're told. There's stacks of articles out there on the corruption within the medical industry. It's probably one of the most corrupt industries there is. It's the most greediest one there is. Here's one from the Philadelphia Regional Local News. And I'll put this link up, too, but it's February 23rd. Uh, It says, Philadelphia and federal authorities who raided a doctor's office after allegations a woman died following an abortion made a shocking discovery. More than two dozen frozen fetuses. For the second time in four days, Philadelphia police, along with state licensing officials and DEA agents, searched the West Philadelphia office of Dr. Kermit Gosnell on Monday Sources tell Eyewitness News that the search came after a patient reportedly died following an abortion on November the 20th. According to the State Board of Medicine, Dr Gosnell had an unlicensed staff member conduct vaginal exams and administer medication. In the November 20th case, the state claims the staff member administered Demerol, Promethazine and Diazepam to the female patient. After the doctor arrived at the clinic, the patient was given more medication... After the doctor performed the abortion, the patient started to have an arrhythmia and later died, state officials said. The autopsy results are pending. Sources also told Eyewitness News that during the search, investigators recovered more than two dozen fetuses stored in a freezer, some dating back 30 years. Doesn't that going to make you sick? You know, one of the prime tenets, again, was dehumanization. Remember what Julian Huxley said, head of UNESCO, the United Nations Educational Scientific Corporation, all that rubbish, to bring in a common culture, a debauch culture that would serve them better. It says we must reduce the public, the human being, from his ped- pedestal of being special and, bring, and dehumanize them. That has happened, people. This is one doctor in one place. Some of these fetuses go back 30 years. 30 years. You think this is an isolated incident? The fetuses are now being analysed to reveal if illegal late-term abortions may have been performed. Back in 1995, Gosman was publicly reprimanded by the state licensing board, which found he employed as a physician's assistant that was not certified. So he's been doing this all along. That's what you live in today. That's what you're living in today. These blacks go SmithKline, uh, one of the ones who uh, I think got the, one of the biggest contracts for giving their, their uh, non-effective flu shots after they hyped up this nonsense by payoffs to people in the World Health Organization and everywhere else and lots of other governments to, to make sure they got the contracts, multi-billion dollar contracts for this worthless uh, flu shot that probably had nothing to do with the flu at all. And this article here uh, is from Natural News, February the 23rd. And it says here, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, makers of the diabetes drug Avandia, knew the drug was linked to tens of thousands of heart attacks but went out of its way to hide the information from the public. This is a 334-page report just released by the Senate Finance Committee. The report also accuses the FDA of betraying the public trust explained that FDA bureaucrats intentionally dismissed safety concerns found by the agency's own scientists. Now, two weeks ago, I put a link up there where the, 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 the emails between the scientists of another drug company, or maybe the same one, and the FDA were conversing, and the big company said, we have seven members within the FDA who will vote in our favor. See, they're all paid off. But you understand, this drug that they had pushed for years... For years, it said has called, cause already confirmed uh, 83,000 heart attacks and diabetics. Do you think companies that kill off people like that had, would have any qualms about killing off a lot of people through inoculations as well? And look at the extent they've gone to cover this up. They also did their old stuff too, they sent out heavies to threaten doctors who did their own studies and found what it was doing and threatened them with bodily harm, uh, disreputation, uh, getting their licenses pulled, and all the usual dirty, stinking tricks that these big pharma mafias uh, actually do. That's the reality of the medical profession. Behind that lovely white coat, there's an awful lot of dirt. An awful lot of dirt. Uh, Well, the other thing too, as I mentioned often before Because I've studied the agenda Is the system we're going to go into in sustainability uh, Is really one that was well thought out And part of it was to use the old theories of Malthus and others To find ways of bringing the population down to a state Where you will not have very much energy You must start killing off those who are alive Not just killing off the ones who don't get a chance to get born killing off those that are alive and part of it was to bring down the food supply feed them lots of rubbish food, stuff that would kill them but nothing that would nourish them. That's happened through GMO food and processed foods and all the rest of it and the putting out of the small farmers by deliberation. And also to go meatless because you see they studied all the ancient civilizations and those who are still successful uh, as having the same ruling crowd ruling over them like India And they thought that vegetarianism was the way to go too, and they've been pushing it and pushing it. That's why Alvin Toffler, in his book, The Third Wave, the one that Newt Gingrich gave to every congressman, said in the book that the the system we are bringing in will be a vegetarian society, and it must be so. didn't say why, but I've read their articles from previous people, and it's because they know that you're not too healthy, uh, you're not too mentally with it at times if you're purely vegetarian, especially when they give you a limited choice of uh, vegetables, too. Back with more after this break. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. And before I go to a caller... I'll put, I'll just mention that the New York region, uh, New York Times uh, actually put an article out on the coming vegetarian society, starting with uh, Meat Free Monday. It's a big national push funded by the foundations, heavily promoted, and it is a push to start the school week without meat in all these different U.S. states that have signed on to it without, again, asking the parents, I'd imagine but I'll put this link up and you would read it for yourself it's a nationwide thing as I say and uh, as they start getting the children indoctrinated along with their lectures about how bad animals are for the planets as you grow them to eat meat and all the rest of it now uh, there's Lark in Texas are you there Lark? on the phones how are you? not so bad yeah. well I, uh,
0: I have to admit I was laughing yeah. when, you, when you were telling, me this, telling us the story of uh, I guess Miss Uh I had to. Re- I was reminded immediately of another name, uh, n- named Flexner.
1: Uh huh. Yeah.
0: And and I know you know who the Flexner brothers were. Yes. Yeah. But I was wondering if they were of the same uh, family and or bloodline.
1: It'd be interesting to to definitely delve into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so anyway, whether whether true or not doesn't matter. There's so many uh, opportunists and. Uh, people that buy into this uh, sophistic agenda nowadays just yes. for a buck—that uh, it doesn't even matter anymore.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Yeah.
0: People are people will sell out any any uh, true value or a moral code mm-hmm. for a buck every time, and it's been proven over and over again.
1: Absolutely, and I, I've talked to teachers. Uh, well, it's not that psychiatric uh, uh, diagnostic uh, manual. I I went through teachers' manuals on what they've been taught and how to diagnose the children. It's not psychiatrists that are diagnosing children to get them on drugs. It's the teachers now who believe they're psychiatrists as well. And the drug companies, of course, are are putting lots of money into the teachers' associations to encourage this because they're behind it as well. And the teachers have no qualms about drugging little Johnny and shrinking his brain, Uh, and they truly truly believe that they know best.
0: Well, the first lie they bought into was this notion of credentialism. Yep, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the uh, guaranteed job for life and the retirement benefits, and so mm-hmm. my goodness, we can't sacrifice that.
1: I talked to one young girl. In fact, there's one that's that, that 25 years old. In another year or so, she'll be 170 odd thousand a year. And she said, to, "I said, you know, you're all prostitutes." To A bunch of them, these teachers. I was talking to. I gave a talk to, and she, and they all put their heads down and uh, and uh, they, none of them denied it. They're all prostitutes. Uh, for their status, for the incredible salary they're getting at that age, and that they're nothing but social prostitutes and engineers to further degrade uh, society um, for their own personal benefit.
0: I was also reminded of uh, uh, Wilhelm Wundt, the Mm -hmm. so-called founder of experimental psychology. Yes. And what a weasel this guy was.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then two... uh, I was reminded of that ism scientism yes, and how easily we are misled by so called empirical evidence mm-hmm. these days, and how we've elevated science uh, uh to such a lofty status. In yes. our society Without examining where that science came from
1: And, and that, without even questioning That there was actually a political agenda Behind it But Huxley said He says science will be elevated above religion As it destroys religion And then we shall obey it And he said too it would be a scientific tyranny But he preferred a scientific tyranny Over a, any other kind Thanks for calling From Hamish the dog And myself from Ontario, Canada It's good nights. I mean your God or your God's goal with you